Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Well, that was fun. I'm not talking about the Masters either. I'm talking about Chris football. Back in the state of Montana at long last. We got you covered from start to finish right here on Nuwana is Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Welcome into your one-stop shop for all things sports and pop culture each and every weekday right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Or maybe you're watching in SWX Montana Television. If you're watching in, you notice I got the painting displayed prominently. You guys are killing me out there. No one is getting, you're not throwing enough names in the mix. We're used to having hundreds of people won our great prizes. So we need you to enter to win this painting. I'm giving it away on Friday. And uh, we'll give you all the details here in just a quick minute. I am Coulter Nuanas, by the way. Riley Corcoran, Force of the Grizz, he is on his way. He had to get his tires changed. He had to drop off his snow tires out in the Bitterroot. So he's coming, making his way up Reserve Street. But we are going to talk all things Grizz football because Montana was back in action for the first time in 485 days on the football field on Saturday. A resounding 59-3 win over Central Washington. Was it just because it was a D2 school or the Grizz really back in action. We'll see, uh, we'll get into all of that, but I was impressed with what I saw uh, and I think that the fact is even though they scored one point short of 60, there was still a lot to be desired, a lot to be nitpicked, and that's a good thing because I think it shows you the strides they've made as they enter uh, their upcoming 2021 season under Bobby Houck and his staff. So we're going to get feedback from a whole bunch of members of that football game, both Bobby Houck from Montana as well as Chris Fisk, the head coach of Central Washington. We'll get to both of those here in just a few minutes. Also, can hear from Patrick O'Connell, 
a uh, Grizz linebacker, outside linebacker from Kalispell, Montana. We're also going to hear from Gabe Solcer, one of Montana's favorite sons and certainly uh, a star that is not just in the making. He's been made as a star. He's been a star since he was in high school, but maybe a reemerging star because he had an explosive and electric start to his Grizz football career as a freshman, and then he's been basically on the shelf since then. So we'll hear from Gabe Solcer as well. We'll give you a little analysis on the ins and outs, what we thought was good, what we thought was bad, what the Grizz can improve on, because, of course, they do have a game this Saturday against Portland State. And then we'll also give you a preview of that Portland State game as well, just some first-look action at the Vikings. They are a talented team as they make their way to Missoula. Second hour, we're going to talk about the Masters. What does Hideki Matsuyama's win mean for both golf and Japan? And was yesterday maybe the least fanfare the least uh, filled with stars of a Masters Sunday that we've seen in quite some time. We'll get into all of that as well. And then we're going to talk FCS playoffs because even though Montana is in a sort of spring phase, they're not participating in the championship portion of the spring football season while seven Big Sky Conference teams are the Big Sky Conference slate is done, but this week is a buffer week, so there's games around the country. Weber State secured the Big Sky Conference championship. What does that mean? What is the validity of that championship? Are we counting it as a fourth championship in a row for the Wildcats? I'm not sure, but we'll get into that because Weber does have the auto bid. Eastern Washington is sitting at number eight in the country, but will they have an at-large bid? I'm not sure as well. So we'll get into the automatic qualifiers, the teams that have punched automatic bids, as well as uh, maybe some teams that are on the bubble as well. And uh, then, of course, we'll give you a little bit of preview for what's going on the rest of this week. Like I said, we have this beautiful painting. This was commissioned for our Grizz Greats podcast series. Grizz Greats, the 25th anniversary uh, of the 1995 National Champions. Former Grizz receiver Ryan Bagley painted this for us. And I got it up front here because we're going to be pushing this all week. I need you to go just on our social media outlets. Facebook backslash ESPN Missoula or at 1029 ESPN on Twitter. Or you can hit me up on Twitter at Coulter underscore Nuanez or at Skyline Sports MT. Any of our social media accounts. I'm going to tweet the picture. I'm going to pin it to the top of the page. All I need you to do is share it or comment on it or whatever. Anything that has to do with your Grizz greats, your best Montana football memories. It could be high school, it could be college, it could be anything in between. But the uh, the best entries, we're going to give this away to somebody on Friday, so right before the next Grizz football game. But please, go to our Facebook pages, like, uh, retweet, all that stuff. But I'll pin the picture there, and uh, you can have be, you can be the proud owner. I mean, this is a $700 retail value, so you guys are going to want this thing, I promise. It's a beautiful painting. If you can't see it, if you're not listening on TV, you're watching it on the radio, it's... Uh, it's a smattering of Dave Dickinson, Don Reed, and Andy Larson, all at the base of Mount Sentinel, while also being on the University of Montana campus, while also sort of having the Marshall Stadium, the Huntington, West Virginia Stadium in the background. It's a sweet, sweet, sweet piece of art. You're going to want it in your life if you're a Grizz fan or a football fan in general. So please go to all of our social media outlets. Time now for the Montana Football Hour, presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, he's here. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. I'm doing, you know, this was just like the normal beginning of the show when you're welcoming it in, telling That's everyone right. what's going to happen. I just got to listen to it on my two minutes, the, my last two minutes here, and my stress level is always up when you deal with reserve between <laughs> three and four o'clock. I mean, that just is what it is. But We need to make an underground tunnel to I know, our we do. I, I feel great. I mean, what a weekend. It just... We commented a lot back and forth, especially on Saturday, even more so today as we were prepping for the show. 
And I know it might not be a tired phrase by now, but it's just so great to be getting back to normal with everything. Having Grizz football on the weekend and just the the buzz that's around it. And really, just for the show today, so many angles to talk about. And you mentioned at the very beginning how... It's a 59-3 win, yet there's still things that you can maybe nitpick a little bit. That's a sign of growth, and I can't wait to dive into it. Kind of get your thoughts, too, because we saw it through two different lenses, so I think it'll be fun to go back and forth here through the show. These games, so I've got a couple questions. These are interesting questions. Uh, for people wondering, this game, it doesn't count towards a record of any sort of playoff qualification, but this does count as a win in the history of University of Montana. So however many wins the Grizz have, they have one more. after Bobby Houck goes on uh, his win record. 97th win for Coach Houck at Montana. So that, that counts. You know, Samuel Kim caught a touchdown. That's his 21st touchdown. That counts. 17th straight home opening win. That counts. That counts, right. I mean, so the, the statistics for career records, it counts. And so, uh, you know, I mean, these guys could pad their stats a little bit or whatever you want to call it. Uh, so that was an interesting question. The win does count as well in the history of the program. It doesn't it just doesn't count towards any sort of playoff eligibility. But that's one thing we're going to get to a little bit later in this hour, too, because I want to readdress this question. I have a vote in the Stats FCS Top 25 poll. Next week's result will influence the way I vote in the preseason. And I know that people don't want that to happen because this is not part of the spring. But Portland State and Montana don't play next year. So it, it will be sort of a preview of the Big Sky Conference. And another fun fact that Riley actually discovered uh, earlier today it is the only Big Sky game going because the Big Sky, they had this buffer week where they could have makeup games. All the games have been called off or canceled. So ironically, two of the teams that opted out before the spring are going to be the two teams that are playing. Before we get into breaking this thing down further, Montana, 59, Central Washington, 3. The Grizz outgained Central Washington, 529 yards to 178 yards. Grizz had almost 31st down. Central only had 12. Grizz converted 10 of 17 on third down. Central only converted 2 of 15. And the Grizz utterly dominated in the kicking game from Malik Flowers' 51-yard return to open the game to a 54-yard return by Gabe Solser that set up a, a score to another 46-yard punt return by Solser that set up a score. Montana was lights out on kick teams. We'll get into the ins and outs, the pluses and the minuses, the positives and the negatives after this. But first, Bobby Houck, his general thoughts following Montana's win on Saturday afternoon. You know, we appreciate Central coming and playing us. You know, it's such an odd deal. It's just great to be out there and and great to have a, a, a good opponent like them. Um, you know, I, I uh, you know, they, they, they get lined up right. They tackle well. They're fundamentally sound. Uh, they just do so many good things. And, you know, they didn't have as much prep time, I don't believe, as we did. Um, we just were more game ready. And it showed so, and that was simply a fact that they didn't have the time that we did on the field with their players. So, uh, it, was, it was great to be out there. Just awesome to be able to line up with your brothers and your teammates and uh, go to battle with somebody besides ourselves. And I, uh, I, I enjoyed watching our guys go. So, uh, fun to be out there. Fun to win. Football's a great game. Glad we're playing it. Well, we had that the fourth down stop right at the beginning of the second half. How big of a turning point do you think that was? Do you think that gave you guys some momentum? Uh, yeah, you know, we we really controlled the, the game and the field position in such a huge way the first half. And, you know, we, we weren't up by as much as maybe we could have been. And that's how it goes sometimes. We got to finish an end zone, do a better job of that. If I'm uh, um, gonna nitpick, and I will, but uh, 
you know, when you can come out the gate in the second half, it's something we talked about in the locker room at halftime is coming out and making plays and uh, not letting them get points on the board and then going and getting them ourselves, and we felt like we could get away from them, and that's kind of what happened. Well, both sides of it. The, the coverage teams were good too. Um, our, our return game was was good. The special teams were dominant. I would say, uh, you know, when you don't have a, a guy who's kicked, kicked off, punted, or punt return going into the game, it's a little unsettling. And and our guys did a a really nice job. Uh, we got a chance to play a bunch of younger guys in the latter part of the third quarter and fourth quarter and in the kicking game as well as the offense and defense and and uh you know my initial impression was it was pretty good bobby Houck on if you would like to continue playing other opponents in the spring in the future you know they were giving me a hard time about my my first spring win uh as a coach so that's something new. Don't see a lot of new around here, so that's good. Um, yeah, I, I mean it, it's good. I think it's. Uh, I know. I know the guys enjoy it. Uh, so I don't know. It was a hell of a good time out there today. I enjoyed every minute of it. It was a good time. It was just fun to have football back in the fold. It was fun. I mean, obviously not a sold out Washington Grizzly Stadium. Obviously not good weather. Obviously not the same game day atmosphere. We weren't doing a pre and post game show, so we didn't didn't get to see all your shiny pretty faces. But at the end of the day, just to be able to go to a game and then go. I mean, we went and sat with some guys afterwards, and we actually got to like talk about football that's happening, football that was actually played. So that itself was just was just awesome. We're going to get into the good, the bad, the ugly, all that here in just a minute. But here's from Chris Fisk, his team, Central Washington. A couple key notes here. First of all, um, the the Roots kid. What's his first Michael name? Roots. Michael Roots, the uh, All-American running back from Central Washington. He entered the transfer portal less than 48 hours before kickoff. But, but part of me wonders, by the way, if that was... Maybe like he, they knew about that a couple sure. of weeks in advance. That, hey, please just wait till Friday to announce it. Sure. I don't know. But well, long story short, yes, that news came out about 24 hours before kick. Right. And so uh, Michael Root's not playing for Central Washington. Also, the quarterback that was expected to start for Central Washington did not. He, uh, I guess he's had shoulder surgery. Christian Williams. Moore. Christian, Christian Moore. Moore. Yep. Uh, he had shoulder surgery. So instead they went with a, a quarterback platoon. And uh, they were okay. But I, I guess the, the main takeaway I had from this game was... The final score indicated a completely lopsided matchup. But I've covered a, a lot of Division Two versus Big Sky Conference games. I'll tell you this. Central Washington was not as talented as when I covered them back in 2009-2010. But they did have good talent. I thought 23 and I think it was 49, the linebackers. I think both those guys could play in the Big Sky for sure. I thought number six, the wide the receivers. receivers the, the, number six for sure could have played in the Big Sky. I mean, he would be a good receiver in the Big Sky. I think sky. 11 too, Archie. Well, no, He's their top guy. Chris yeah. took him out of it. But yeah. Yeah, I agree. A couple guys on those, those guys the could play on Those yeah. guys could play on uh, at D1. And I thought that uh, both the safeties from Central could have played in the Big Sky too. So they had good talent. You Usually, though, when you see 59-3, to it's because of a variety of missed tackles or bad plays. And Central, as, as silly as it sounds, they made the Grizz earn it. The Grizz probably would have had about 750 yards of total offense if they didn't have completely short fields the whole game. I mean, like Coach Houck said there in that soundbite, they utterly dominated the field position, whether it was in the return game or in covering kicks. But regardless, I thought that Montana 
they had to execute well to get what they wanted out of this, and they had to execute well to score the point total that they did. And so while it may seem like a cream puff victory, I thought it wasn't just a, a, a slew of big plays or a team giving up. I thought Montana really just took it to Central Washington. And again, not the most talented Central Washington team I've seen, but definitely an okay opponent. And so it, it is an impressive victory, even if it was one that was expected. It wasn't sloppy, and I think that's what you're getting at. Central, again, they weren't missing tackles or having big-time gaffes that cost them big penalty yards or, or just bad turnovers. It wasn't that at all. It was just execution from the Grizz. And it kind of seemed like, to me, the moment Central scored their only three points of the day is really when the Grizz kind of put it into overdrive because I don't know what the right word is. It's easy for guys like us and just anyone to say sloppy or rusty. I don't even know if if that was it. They just didn't execute well uh, the first quarter and a half, yet we're still talking about a 59-3 win. So uh, I agree with what you're saying on Central Washington. Are, are they a juggernaut squad that came in here? No, they were they were depleted a little bit, sure. and, and they were going with two guys that were making their first start at quarterback. Where you could see the difference, obviously, was up front, I think, on both sides of the ball, um, which we're going to get into the pressure that the Grizzlies brought and just um, all the finishing plays, all that stuff. So we'll get into it in a little bit, but I, I am on the same page with you that it wasn't sloppy by Central Washington. They made the Grizz earn it, if that does make sense. I mean, they're, they're well coached. They got lined up correctly. I mean, that's what I'm talking about is a lot of times yeah. D2 games, you're going to get a, like Malik Flowers 49-yard almost touchdown, right? Most games, you'd look at the box score if you weren't watching the game closely and you'd think, okay, that was just another fact of Montana having a better athlete than everybody on the field, a bunch of missed tackles, yada, yada, yada. Well, in, in reality, it was just a really, really well-executed play. A lot of good kick-out blocks, all that. And so, I mean, that's sort of the, the tail of the tape. A lot of times, D2 teams, when they're overmatched, they give up or they can't get lined up right or they don't tackle well. Central tackled well. They got lined up right. I thought they were well-coached. They just basically got overwhelmed. Chris Fisk has been coaching in the Northwest for quite some time now. He was at Southern Oregon for a good stretch, and he's been now at Central for now his second year. But he's been in and out of the coaching business uh, on this side of the country for a while, so he has some Big Sky experience. So here's his take after his team's defeat on Saturday at Washington Grizzly Stadium. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, when we came out in the third quarter, um, you know it's going to take touchdowns against those guys to even have a, a chance there in the fourth quarter. And we went for it on that fourth and one and and didn't get it. And I think that uh, that took the wind out of our sails and uh, a little disappointed how our kids reacted at that point and, and really didn't uh, uh, make it a ball game after that. But I thought, you know, going into that play, I uh, was really proud of their effort at that point. The running back, obviously, All-American I think anytime you have an All-American leave, it, it's uh, it's tough to deal with. You know, there's a there's a, a guy that uh, has a lot of production that's not there, not just in in offensive production, but special teams. You know, he's a returner for us, and and uh, you know, it, it was tough for our team, but I don't I don't know that that was a an emotional factor today for us. That was a, a major factor in the game. Yeah, I think, you know, when you look at uh, where we were deficient, special teams was glaring today. I think we um, we gave them four or five short fields on special teams coverage and, and just really couldn't get off um, any blocking on special teams and, and uh, really struggled in that area today, I thought. 
had some freshman mistakes too. We got some young guys out there. You know, the one putt return where the freshman feels like uh, there was a fair catch signal, and he's he's kind of circling the ball, and the returner picks it up and takes it out there. You know, some some youth, um, you know, there, and so uh, we got a long ways to go in ST when it comes to competing with a team like this. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard for for us at our level to replicate what you're going to see from a team like Montana or or any Big Sky school for that matter, you know, on a day to day basis. So I think uh, you know that first quarter of just adjusting to the speed of the game and and uh, the speed of their players and the physicality of their players is hard to hard to replicate on a daily basis. So uh, it took us a little while to do that, but uh, you know, it felt great to be out there for sure. I think our kids left it on the field for the first two and a half quarters for sure. Can you talk a little bit about Jack Smith had some good moments today, but talk yeah. about the quarterback situation. Yeah, no, Christian Moore, a uh, young man that had been starting for us and, and is still with the program. He had shoulder surgery um, in the offseason, and, and we just didn't feel like he was ready to go and ready to put out there against a team of this caliber. Um, and brought Jack and, and uh, Zach Matlock in in the offseason for Boise State and Arizona State. I think Jack's, I don't know when the last time he played football was, but it's been a long time. And, uh, you know, I think for the first quarter felt like a little bit of a freshman out there. And then as he, the game slowed down for him and he, he was able to use his feet to make some things happen and made some good decisions, made some poor decisions at times, but uh, really liked what we saw out of him and, and uh, really liked, you know, what he could possibly do for us moving forward too. Add some depth to that position group. I know just your second season in Central Washington, but you play, you're familiar with the Big Sky, so where do you think that Montana team stacks up with some of the teams you see? I, I told Coach Houck after the game, um, and I, I don't know if he took my comment the right way, but I, I did say I, it'd be really interesting to have seen the Grizz play the Big Sky season this year because I think they would they would be sitting at the top of that. And that's not just because they, they put it on us pretty good. I think I think that's a talented football team. And I've, I think this is my eighth Big Sky game um, that I've been a part of. You know, we've, we've played a number of schools, and this was by far um, – the fastest, most physical. I mean, they they had very few execution errors. Um, you know, a really well coached team, and you can tell they're they've got some veteran players out there. High praise from Central Washington head coach Chris Fisk said he's played eight Big Sky teams in his career, and that was the best one he's seen. So let's get into that portion of this, Riley. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide television, SWX Montana television. If you want to watch anywhere on your mobile devices or your uh, computer, whatever, go to 1029ESPN.com. Click on the Listen Live tab, and you'll find the stream. You can also give us a call, shoot us a text. If you have any feedback, any thoughts on the Grizz game, 406-361-3688. That's 361-3688. All right, let's go back and forth here. I got, I'll got. i give you a positive, you give me a positive. I'll give you a negative, you give me a negative. I thought positive. I thought the Grizz played with great spirit, great effort, and showed great depth defensively. I thought that uh, the play calling was good. I thought everybody was sound. I thought they were lined up right. And, you know, I mean, I I guess that sometimes people play a little bit too much Madden because I don't think they understand how numbers really work. (laughs) Uh, I mean, Central Washington, 178 yards of total offense. I mean, how many first downs do they have? 10? I mean, yeah, 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 10 first downs. I mean, they basically average 2.3 yards per rush, 3.8 yards per pass attempt, and... uh, you know, I mean, you're you're talking about not. I mean, you're talking a very negligible 3.1 yards per play. So, no matter what level of team you're playing, that's about as good as you're going to get. I thought that you know Montana didn't have any sacks, and they did have 
only a handful of tackles for loss, but they also had a bunch of tackles at the line of scrimmage. So I thought I thought that Montana looked, especially their first two units, really good defensively. Well, that, that leads me into it. I, I'm going to take a little bit of two parts here for my good. Number one, the tactical execution. There was not sloppiness in the sense of false starts or not being lined upright or maybe any of those rusty thing, missed tackles, any sure. of those things. After 15, 16 months, it would be excused. You would think for at least a half or, or even a couple games to even uh, bring all that to life. They were very crisp as far as that's concerned. And when we're talking that maybe the missed execution because of a missed read in the quarterback game, which we'll get into in a little bit as well. But to me, you just touched on it a bit. My biggest takeaway was the twos, the depth, because the twos looked like the ones. And you could make the argument, and that's why we love Grizzly football, and even me and you disagree a little bit on some of this, but you can make the argument that the twos were better than the ones, at least in the game on Saturday. And to me, to see them put the throttle down in the second quarter, late second quarter, they were starting at that point to incorporate some twos in with the ones, and then the third quarter. And this kind of goes back, Coulter, to the, the run when Coach Houck is here the first time. We're finally starting to see it again. But my biggest takeaway was that the twos, we've been talking about it all, right? Depth, depth, depth. And it becomes just words for a while, and you're okay, yeah, we know they need to establish depth. Well, we finally saw it, and to me, the twos, the unit there, pretty darn impressive all the way across the board. Patrick O'Connell joined us in the post-game press conference. I actually I invited him or I requested that he be there because uh, I had a bad view on the fourth down stop. I thought he was in on it, but actually he was the one that spilled it back, and it actually was Joe Babros and I think Justin Belknap, maybe a D-tackle as well. But it was a defensive lineman that made the play, but uh, O'Connell, yeah, O'Connell, O'Connell initially spilled it. By the way, that was a pivotal play in the game because Montana, even though they dominated the first half and they had Central pinned inside their own five-yard line for pretty much the entire second quarter, there was an over throw on a fourth down in the goal line. They gave Central the ball back, and uh, Montana, I guess what I'm saying is, could have scored between 10 and 14 more points in the first quarter than they did, but the the the, the hammer that really sent the momentum ball completely rolling in Central or in, in Montana, excuse me's favor was the fourth down stop uh, it, it, early in the third quarter. It was fourth down and one, I believe, on like their own 42, 43 yard line. At that point, you thought it was at least still within striking distance, or it didn't feel like it was out of hand at that point. You're right. That that turned the entire momentum around, and uh, it was a good pressure stop because also it was third and one. So yeah. two straight stops there on third and one and fourth and one. So big-time play for sure. O'Connell, Glacier product, Kalispell native. Uh, great guy. I love talking to him. He's always fun to interview, so I was not regrettable that I, even though he didn't make the uh, the actual play, and I did ask him about it. But you'll, here's his thoughts from after the game. Patrick O'Connell, Grizz junior linebacker on the Grizz defensive performance on Saturday. That's a huge play for us on defense, getting that fourth down stop, but... I can't take credit for that play because I know I didn't make it, but I I took two guys on on that play, um, and I think uh, Justin Belknap and Joe Babros came pinched and made that crucial play for us. But obviously, like I said, that's a crucial down and a crucial play in a game like that, especially with uh, field position. So, what you think of the way the front seven plays? You got a lot of faces, but it seemed like you guys performed pretty well. Yeah, I think there was a lot of good stuff that we did. Obviously, got to watch the film and make corrections. I know there's stuff that. Um, always work on get better but overall I think if you look at it from an outsider standpoint that I think we physically dominated them up front so how does it feel just to, to get back out there and I mean that's that's why we're here uh, I mean it felt great just going out there uh, getting after it in spring ball and coming out and I do like the spring games at the end of uh, spring ball because that's the reason why we're here to play games and um 
I think it was great for our guys to get out there, have a lot of energy. Uh, everyone's running around, making plays, and yeah, I mean, it's amazing. So. I know you guys want to be you know, fast and physical. Coach Fisk said that that kind of started to really overwhelm them throughout the game. Was that something you guys could sense? And, and you know, did you play up to that level that you wanted to? Uh, like I said earlier, there's always stuff that we can work on, but uh, I know one of our goals going into the game was to physically overwhelm them. Um, and I could see that towards the, um, I mean, end of the third quarter at least. Um, I think I think we did what we wanted to do to them. And... So you go Patrick O'Connell on the Grizz defensive performance following Montana's 59-3 win over Central Washington. Here's one for you. What was more impressive, offense or defense? Oh, defense by a long shot. Okay. Yeah, I thought that, I thought the, that we're going to get into... Defense the, or special teams? Um, I think defensive depth was probably the thing that was the most startlingly apparent to me. I tweeted this, actually, after uh, Gabe Solcer's first long return. The biggest... The place where the, the talent disparities between Division One and Division Two teams show up the most is on special teams. Because, like, the younger guys... And it's, it's the same thing when the Grizz play like an FBS because like the younger guys are going to be when they play Washington are going to be like four star recruits. And it's just like the younger guys on Montana are guys that are on the two deep stuff. I mean, they, and and plus Bobby Houck makes a habit of playing a lot of his top guys. I mean, Robbie Houck was playing special teams. Justin Ford was playing special teams. We noticed this in the in the radio booth in the fourth quarter when it was fifty two to three. Gavin Robertson was on the punt team, yeah, the hardest hitting teams. guy right. on the punt return, so totally. or punt ki- punt. Totally. Team. So I guess I guess the most I, I shouldn't say surprising because I'm not surprised that much by it. But I thought the most uh, startling thing was the depth defensively, and we're going to get into that here in just a a little bit. It is the Montana Football Hour, presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. Stockman Bank has 36 locations around the great state of Montana. When you bank with Stockman Bank, your money stays in the local economy, helping your friends and your neighbors. Stockman Bank is only in Montana, and they plan to keep it that way. Lending decisions are made by Montanans who understand Montana business. Phone calls are answered by live people, and their online and mobile banking platforms robust allow you to bank from wherever you may be. Let Stockman show you the Stockman difference today. More on the Montana Football Hour right here on Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Statewide Television, SWX Montana. The good, the bad, the ugly. We'll give you some of the analysis of what could have been better, where the Grizz need to sharpen up before this game against Portland State on Saturday, and the reemergence of one of Montana's favorite sons. Back after this on 1029 ESPN Missoula. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. Happy Monday, everybody. Good to be talking about football on a Monday in April. I know it's weird. Even Coach Houck, Bobby Houck, was saying how weird it was to be having a post-game press conference on a, on a uh, Saturday in April. But either way, we're glad Grizz football is back. Welcome back into Nuanas now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Statewide Television, SWX Montana TV. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining me, Coulter Nuanas, And it is the Montana Football Hour. We do this the first Monday of each week. And uh, usually... 
basketball ends and then we don't have a, a Montana football slash basketball hour for April, May, June. Usually reinstitute this thing in July, but thanks to Stockman Bank for supporting us and uh, letting us do a little football action as we do have football in the great state of Montana each of the next couple Saturdays. Grizz this last weekend, 59-3 to over Central Washington. This upcoming weekend, they play against Portland State, fellow Big Sky Conference member. And then the weekend of the 24th, we'll be headed to Bozeman for the Sunny Holland spring game. Maybe doing a remote broadcast from there on the Friday before the Sunny Holland game. But either way, uh, we will have that coverage for you as well. Okay, Riley, you talked. I talked about the defense and just the overall execution, how sound they were. And uh, you mentioned the depth, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. One takeaway that maybe left something to be desired for you on Saturday from the Grizz. I was a little bit alarmed at, I mean, it's obvious to just say the red zone, right? I mean, just the red zone execution in general and just, I know that it might come off, you make a 47-yard field goal, everything's great, but the first extra point went off the upright and was yep. in, and then there was an absolute shank from 25 yards yep. away as well. So I still... It was almost like they were too close on the second right. one. Right. Well, too close. Because I mean, he, he totally shanked it. Absolutely. I mean, it kind of looks like your uh, seven iron or something <laughs> sometimes when that happens. But I, I think that the kicking game and you, you know what, honestly, even with the offense, when they got too close... They almost needed the field to be spread out more. It's one of those situations where you get inside the five and the field really shrinks on you. I thought that Cam Humphrey struggled in that situation. And, they, and they completed, this is an amazing statistic, they completed six passes that where the, the receiver was tackled in the three-yard line or closer that weren't touchdowns. Wow. So that, that is could, a big number. You could tell that was exactly what Central was doing. Though. They were showing them a pre-snap look where they didn't want to endure the run game. And they're basically giving them the underneath route and then swarming to that player. And good tackling by Central, but also uh, there was multiple times, especially when they were uh, when they would run like waggle or they would run anything to the wide side of the field. And they would, I mean, for football junkies, when you flood the field, like when you when you, when all the receivers are running to one side of the field, it's called a flood concept. Cam Humphrey checked down, I think, three, at least three, maybe four times in that flood concept, and he had either the front side or the backside post. Wide open. There was one time when Keelan White was standing oh, wide open in the end zone. Yep. There was another time when the backside post, I think it was Mitch Roberts, was standing wide open. And Humphrey checked down. He got completions most of the time. But well, I guess what I'm saying is that the uh, you, you could tell Central had a game plan, but also I thought that Montana, particularly Cam Humphrey, was hesitant in taking the shots when desired and in the red zone. I agree. Montana struggled in the red zone. And, and one more thing that maybe stood out to me was the lack of yards per rush by the running backs. Yep. It was only 3.1 throughout the game. And, and there's a lot of different layers to that, but that was just one thing that maybe surprised me because Nick Osmo got the ball 17 times. I was surprised that only 47 yards. Kind of did his credit, but hey, there's a lot of factors that go into that one. Uh, breaking news, I reported at SkylineSportsMT.com on Saturday morning before the game, and then Riley confirmed it with Coach Houck uh, on his pregame radio show on the Grizzly Sports Network, Grizzly Radio Network, excuse me, and uh, Marcus Knight, Montana preseason All-American running back, a junior who set the single-season Grizz record for touchdowns in a season, both rushing and overall touchdowns. 23 rushing touchdowns, 25 total touchdowns last year. Uh, tore his knee earlier this spring, so he will be out uh, for the foreseeable future. We're just saying indefinitely. Uh, so, he, I mean, he... he he might be back sometime next fall. We'll see, but he's out for this spring for sure. Coach Howe confirmed that with Riley. And uh, so I guess my question is, 
how much of the red zone struggles for a guy that scored 25 touchdowns last year and how much of the run game struggles because you're talking about a guy like Nick Osmo who's only ever had one role to be a short yardage back. So for to make him kind of the bell cow abruptly like that, a uh, pretty hard task for him. I think so, and I think that had a huge factor to it. Marcus Knight was the, the safety valve for everybody. I mean, you could count on Marcus to pretty much do anything, kind of make something out of nothing. And I think vision was probably the, the biggest um, attribute they missed the most because Marcus Knight sees the field so well and Osmo, to his credit, has not had that much game experience. Yeah, he, he was the number two running back last year, but it's a different mindset when you are going to be that bell cow, so to speak. And I think that, unfortunately for Xavier Harris, he had such a rude awakening to college football that the whole first half was kind of out the window. His first carry got blown up behind the line for a right. three-yard loss. It was kind of a wake-up moment. But then after that, he, he looked pretty good to me, and that first carry was not his fault. So I think it was a combination of a lot of different things. But, I mean, surely they missed Marcus Knight, and they're going to have to try and find a way without him because uh, he is – Oh, he, I mean, he does so much, not only in the running game, but the passing game too. I mean, that first play where Xavier Harris got blown up, uh, that was a prime example. Dante Hamilton blew him up. And that he was a prime good. example of – 107 of, tackles last year. I mean, that's a prime example of, of the guys that Central did have. I mean, that, that wasn't anything but an all-American caliber guy making a play. I mean, Dante Hamilton's six foot three, two 230 pounds. He looked just like a big sky linebacker. He had 18 tackles. Yeah, I mean, I, I, told, I totally believe it. He was all over the place. I kept saying in the press box, man, like, everybody's saying, why can't the Grizz run the ball? Well, I said, because their middle linebacker's really good, man. He's flying all over the place. I, th- I thought he was incredibly impressive. But uh, the, probably the two main storylines in terms of parts of criticism for the Grizz, I guess it's probably threefold. For me, number one, red zone execution. Same. I totally believe that. Two, I thought Cam Humphrey was hesitant and looked nervous uh, until he got into a rhythm. Once he scored that rushing touchdown, he, I mean, he, he threw three touchdowns, but the first, he it, what should have been his first touchdown on the fourth down was an overthrow to Mitch Roberts. That was all nerves. The second one, Gabe, Sol- Gabe Solcer bailed him out because Humphrey really overthrew him. Solcer made a great diving catch. Then Humphrey scored the rushing touchdown, and then he was pretty sharp after that. He was. The third passing touchdown, that was one of the craziest plays I've ever seen. I, right. I kind of lost my mind on the radio. It was it was wild. But, yes, you're right. I think that kind of settled him. His receivers bailed him out a little bit, especially that Solster catch. That was pretty darn special. So, other than, But I thought that the girls were below average uh, in, in the red zone, especially because that's where Bobby Houck's teams are always so good. Number two, I thought that Humphrey was a bit hesitant once he settled in. I thought he was fine, but is fine good enough when this team has made the jumps that they've made pretty much in all areas of the of the game. We're going to get to that here in just a moment. I thought Chris Brown looked really good in his uh, snaps that he was able to take. And then third, I thought that the, the run game was, was only average, and it wasn't up to par. But I think there was multiple factors that went into it. One, your All-American running back is out, so you got guys trying to fill roles they're not, they, they never filled before. Two, uh, I thought the offensive line, uh, they still have a little bit of meshing to, to come together. But more than that, I think that the new defensive scheme at Central, by the way, they had a new defensive coordinator hired in the offseason. You could tell they were giving the Grizz pre-snap looks that maybe they weren't quite prepared for. It wasn't a lack of preparation. It's just they had no film on them. They hadn't played in over a year. So it was a, a surprise. And I think that by the time Montana got into the rhythm, I think they wanted to see what Chris Brown could do throwing the ball. And so they went away from the run game, and they still rushed for close to 200 yards, but I, I did leave something uh, to be desired. 
Montana Football Hour, Stockman Bank of Montana presents the Montana Football Hour, the first hour of each Monday show. Let Stockman Bank show you the Stockman difference. Stockman difference as a family-owned community bank with locations throughout Montana. Stockman Bank committed to enriching the lives of Montanans and helping communities succeed. What that means to you is your money stays in the local economy, supporting your friends and neighbors. Before we get to more good and bad from this game, Bobby Halk addressed both those questions. The first question, what did you think of your team's execution in the red zone? And secondly, what did you think of your quarterback play, specifically Cam Humphrey and Chris Brown? Well, I mean, they just beat us. You know, they they made play. They made they made central made plays on the ball in the pass game. They beat guys up front and tackled us in the run game. And you know, we just didn't uh, we didn't win. You know, we didn't execute. They did uh, good by them, and we got to be better. Bob, your evaluation as the quarterbacks. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, I think both those guys need to play more, and I, I think they're good players. And the more they play, the better they're going to get. Um, I think we've missed a few things, but that's to be expected to a degree. You know, we'd like it to be perfect. It wasn't, but uh, the, both Cam and Chris played really well. Was there anything in particular you wanted to see out of the two of them, and, and did you see that? Uh, yeah, I just want to see them execute and, you know, run whatever the play call is, execute it the best they can. Um, get us in the right checks in the run game when it's their turn to run it, get yards, and and throw the ball where it should be thrown based on coverage. So it, it was solid. Yeah, that's a... You know, it's a critical down in, in every game. And, um, you know, especially early on, I think that was a big difference in the game because we, we controlled third down on both sides of the ball. And uh, when you're doing that and you're able to keep the chains moving and you're able to get them off the field, it it can happen where it kind of steamrolls on whichever team's not having success. And uh, that, that's the way to play it out. Had to ask Coach Elk that because uh... – you know, he's not that big of a quote-unquote stats guy, but if you were to ask him what stats he really likes, he would tell you yards per carry in the run game, offensive and defensive third-down percentages, and how much did you win that matchup by, and how much did you dominate the field position game specifically by using your special teams. And I thought Montana was great on third downs, both offensively converting 10 of 17 and defensively holding Central to 2 of 15. thought they were exceptionally good in the uh, special teams game, not only in the return game where Malik Flowers had a 51-yard return, but also Gabe Solser had a 54-yard kick return and a 46-yard uh, punt return. But I also thought they were really good covering kicks as well. Part of that was the fact they were playing veterans back there. What were you? Th- what was going through your head though when uh, all of a sudden number seventeen's back there fielding punts? I was thinking, what the <laughs> hell is going on? Why is Robbie Halk fielding punts? And then it was a, a high. It was, there was a good punt, and he had to fair catch it, or he was should have fair caught it, and he gets his legs swooped. I'm thinking, dude, if Robbie Halk blows his knee right now, this is gonna be the worst little fun experiment that they ever had. I totally agree. But when I saw it practice a couple weeks ago, and Robbie was out there, I even asked Bobby. I said, "What's this? Well, what's going on?" He goes, "To be straight up with you." He's the guy that can catch it the best. So, sure, so when I sure. get out there, of course, on the radio, Greg, you know, Greg Sundberg, my color commentator, goes, "Oh, well, Robbie Houck's out there to try and get a return." I said, "No, no, he only fair catches if he's out there." Sure enough, boom, gets it and starts running. That that surprised me uh, that he actually got in there with it. But 
You know Coach Houck. He needs to have uh, a lot of different options behind. But the, the punt return game, my gosh, was it just phenomenal in every sense of the word? We, we were talking off air today about not often do you maybe replace the best that's ever done it in school history at Jerry Louis McGee or one I of ain't these. Go, I ain't going there. I love me some Jerry Louis McGee. But, one of the best. But, uh, one of the best. Ever. LaVander Seegers, Jefferson yep. Heidelberger, and Mark Mariani still sit on my Grizz list uh, right on par or even better than Jerry Louis McGee. But regardless, your point well taken. He, Jerry Louis McGee was an all-conference slash all-American returner. So. And to replace him and to not think that there's any step down and in fact I think a lot of people are excited not only to see Gabe Solser in the mix but obviously healthy I mean he missed the last six seven games I still kind of cringe a little bit or I'm just I'm hopeful every time he gets tackled he's going to bounce up right away it's just that that stage that he's in right now but when he's at his best Coulter this is what the entire state has seen from him during his high school career. He can be that special Montana guy that everyone wants to to gravitate towards, and, and he just does special things with the ball in his hands. He didn't score at all in 2019. That was his first touchdown since the Grizz Cat game in 2018. So just a couple of those things. It was really good to see him all around wide receiver and punt returner. We were talking about a legacy guy who – Led Billing Senior to a couple state championships with the Gatorade Player of the Year. Was also uh, one of the great track athletes in the history of the state of Montana. If he wasn't running with a bum hamstring, he would have shattered the 110 high hurdles record. He still only missed it by a hundredth of a second. And that's an impressive record that was held by Matt Larson for a long time and then Matt Miller. And those are two of the great hurdlers in the history of the state. And uh, Solcer's a guy that there's so many different things about his story, about where he came from, who he is. All of that. I mean, he's a legacy guy. His dad played here in Montana. His sister is also an outstanding track athlete who also ran here in Montana. He's an all-around good kid. He got the spotlight put on him at a very young age because he was an All-State guy by the time he was a freshman at Billing Senior. And uh, and then he kept building, building, building. And then I've covered Coach Alk uh, for the better part of, I guess this will be the 10th full season, but been around him for 15 years now. And I've never really heard him talk about freshmen, true freshmen by name. And he did during Gabe Solcer's first fall camp. I think that made the spotlight shine even brighter on Solcer because then all of a sudden, homecoming, they're wearing the throwbacks, first touch of the game, takes it to the house, and everybody's thinking, man, this kid's a star. And then he's struggled with injuries ever since then. But I think of all the guys that benefited from the time off, he might be the number one guy in the entire program. Very well said. And he's someone, too, that has been back and forth with Akeelan White, but it just goes to back to the depth part of things, Coulter. If Gabe Solcer is really your number three, four, five receiver in that category... <laughs> That's a good problem to have. He won't be. He's going to be no. one of their top three receivers, I absolutely guarantee, especially after Saturday's performance. Here's a little bit from Gabe Solcer. After the game, you'll hear here. He's happy to be back. Yeah, I think all of us, honestly, we've been so long since we played a game, and um, we were definitely chomping at the bit to get it back out there and play. And um, obviously some of us, not just me, but there are a few other injured guys that have been even longer. So we were ready to go and um, excited to play. I mean, your, your evolution as a player and, and getting to you know, run a bunch of routes today and get more involved in the passing game and how, how you've grown and, and battled through the injuries and, and how much fun it was to get out there. Yeah, it was it was really fun today. Um, kind of like I said earlier, it's been so long and um, my body isn't quite used to this. It's been a long time since I've been actually sore from a game, so it feels feels good to be back. I, believe it or not, I love that part about it. But yeah, it's been great. Um, you know, there's there's been some great wide receivers. Obviously, Jerry, um, I learned a lot from him, and um, it was great to kind of grow and develop as a player and learn from him as much as I did, and um, I'm, I'm really appreciative for that. Um, but, yeah, it was just really great to get back out there with the guys. 
and I think we're really excited about it. Hey, Gabe, when, when Cap hits for that touchdown that they went up high point, did you, did you notice him start to settle in after that and did it feel like a big turning point on the um, I think it was just kind of a matter of kind of figuring out what they're running. Um, it was kind of a tough, tough team to prepare for as far as prep. They had a new DC coming in, and it was kind of we we faced a lot of different looks, and we didn't necessarily know for sure what we were going to get. Um, so I think Cam did a great job of settling in. Um, once we just kind of got out there and started to see what they were actually giving us, so it it worked out great. So you go, Gabe Solser, Billings, Montana native. Former Montana Gatorade Player of the Year, and I know somebody that people around Grizz Nation, people that are around the University of Montana fan base, really are hoping good things for because he's he's that type of guy that has that story. It's interesting though because he's not necessarily the underdog type guy. A lot of times, the great Montana guys are the guys that come here on half scholarships or are walk-ons. This dude was getting recruited by Washington and North Dakota State when he was coming out of high school. Not not necessarily like a preferred walk-on type guy. His body frame is the only thing that makes him an underdog because sure. he's just a small guy out there running. But he's just short. But I mean, he's put together. Oh man. my gosh, big time! I mean, five nine, one sixty-seven, put together. I mean. He, he, if his hamstring's healthy, he's a four four guy. I mean, everybody thinks they're a four right. four guy. He's actually a four four guy. I mean, he's a he's a fourteen one guy in the one ten hurdles. Which to me, for a football guy, that's way more impactful because you have the strength than that means. And and you saw his speed, and not only his speed though, he's not just a speed guy though, right? I mean, he's got great hands. He had the awesome catch up the sideline for his long gain of the day, and his touchdown catch was phenomenal as well. So, uh, congratulations to Gabe getting back in the fold. If you're a defensive coordinator. And trying to prepare for the Grizzlies. And you've got a Cam and Roberts on the outside, Solster on the inside. I mean, where do you try and go? Because I think, honestly, and this goes back to maybe more credit for Central Washington, they kind of took away Sammy, Akem, and Mitch Roberts. Those two guys, as much as they can contribute, weren't as effective. But then it was everyone else that was able to come to the fold. So I just I pose that conundrum to defensive coordinators and uh, to you as well. I mean, it's kind of pick your poison with this Grizzly offense. I think it all comes down to the guy that's throwing the ball. That's 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 who you got a game plan for, and you got to take him out of it. We're going to talk more about that and give you a preview, at least a little preview, just just a couple quick hitters, a first look at Portland State, Montana's opponent on Saturday. Nuana is now one hundred two nine ESPN Missoula. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 billion. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. What's up, Montana? Hope you're having a great Monday. Hopefully, at least it's a little bit better on a Monday, being able to talk about college football, specifically Grizz football, now that we had a little action over the weekend. 
That's what we're doing here on Nuanez Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, Statewide Television, SWX, Montana TV. It is the Montana Football Hour presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, breaking it down with me, Coulter Nuanez. We do this the first hour of each Monday show, and it's great to have some football action to actually talk about. The Grizz, if you hadn't heard, 59-3 victors over Central Washington University on Saturday. Montana Football Hour is presented by Stockman Bank. When you bank with Stockman, you receive personalized customer service and your phone call is answered by a live person. Stockman's highly skilled and personable bank staff is dedicated to making it easy for you to transfer your accounts and by meeting your overall financial needs. Blending traditional Western values with modern conveniences and state-of-the-art technology, Stockman Bank provides time-tested products and services from people who truly care about you and your financial success. Stockman Bank, Montana's brand of banking member, FDIC. One more uh, piece of, um, I don't know what the right word is, criticism, I suppose. Uh, I thought Cam Humphrey was good uh, after he got settled in. I thought he was shaky early. I thought he, he was high on the throw to Mitch Roberts on the fourth down in the back of the end zone. He had a couple others where he skipped the throw because he was rushing. Uh, you could tell Setzer was giving him a little bit of an interesting look, especially in the zone read game, because Humphrey was hesitant. At first, and then uh, once he kept one, he actually got smacked in the open field and kind of tweaked his ankle. But that sort of once he kept one, it threw off central zone read defense, and then then they were able to run the ball a little bit more effectively. But overall, I would say Camp Humphrey was solid, fine. But what I saw was a team with tremendous talent and exceptionally good talent and depth defensively. And you mentioned the great weapons on the outside. So to me, the three parts of this team that just need to get shored up, if they had a truly elite player on the inside of their defensive line, I think they have a bunch of good players that could become great, but they're pretty young on that inside spot. I mean, Braden Deming, I guess, is now a junior, but Eli Alford, I guess he's a junior now too, but these guys are they're, they're coming, and they could be really good, and I think they will be really good. But if they had an elite guy in the center of the defensive line, I think if they had uh, a fast running back, a.k.a. Marcus Knight, if he wouldn't have gotten hurt, and then I think if they had um, an above-average to borderline all-conference quarterback, and I don't know if Cam Humphrey is that yet. I think he maybe could become it. When I watch him, to me, most of his drawbacks are in confidence and not ability. And so maybe that comes around. Maybe he's feeling the pressure as a senior. But to me, I thought the guy that has the most upside and the most talent is Chris Brown. And I thought after Saturday, I know Brown was going against a little bit of a uh, a deflated Central team because by the time he was in the game, it was 38-3. to I thought that uh, Central had been worn down a little bit by Montana's depth and, and, and athleticism by that point. That said, I thought Brown operated with confidence and savvy, and I thought that he was sharp. I thought he looked apart talent-wise. And so to me, I, I, if, you, if you ask me, can this team win a national championship? I think the answer broadly right now is no, but it's not quite yet. And I think that the missing factors, if they could add those factors, they could be really in the mix. I do think they're very good. I think they're better than they were in 2019. But I think that if they pulled the band-aid off of what with Brown, and we're going to talk a little bit about this in the second hour as well. But I, to me... The only thing that Chris Brown's missing is can he do it in live games? Can he do it with live bullets? The only way we're going to find out is in live action. And so I would like to see Chris Brown get snaps of consequence, real consequence, you know, in a close game in the first half this next weekend so I can further my evaluation of the retro freshman from Bozeman. Oh, this is going to be an interesting conversation. It really will for the Grizz, I think, all the way through the fall and even when game reps happen because I think what both of these guys are lacking right now 
is game reps and experience. So they both need it, but at the same time, who do you give those reps more to? And I get the I totally get the point about Chris Brown. He came in, it's a, it's the name we've all talked we've talked about. We were waiting to see him in a game. His body frame looks awesome and he did great against a team that was defeated by that point and against more than likely the twos for Central Washington that were out there. He looked awesome, but as far as overtaking Cam Humphrey right now, I, I still think that that's a big hill to climb. I think that you prefaced it a little bit. Yes, did, did Cam blow the doors off right away? No, he didn't. But I think that there's been a lot of buildup and maybe nervousness of 16 months of knowing that you're the man. And I think that we all knew this too. When the Grizz were done in 2019, all the pieces were back but Dalton Snead. So that was the one position that you knew you were going to have to replace. My question that I'm going to pose to you that I know will we'll go into deeper, deeper into it in the 5 o'clock hour is are you willing to go through the lumps of starting a freshman quarterback with the rest of the, the rest of the offense kind of ready to go or do you go with maybe the the safer choice that that has the experience that you know can win you big sky conference games it's an interesting question and one that that uh, you can see both sides of it but I don't know, Coulter. I think I, I think I know where you're leaning on this one. It's going to be a fun conversation down the road. Do you want to take your lumps with the redshirt freshman, or do you want to take your lumps with the redshirt senior? We'll answer that in Hour 2 on Nuanas Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Hour 1 in the books. Hour 2 coming at you hot. Keep it right here. 102.9 SWX Montana Television. Nuanas Now, back after this. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear... How about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.